Hello and welcome to Saturday Night Hive. Today we're talking about an episode that really should be called the Taylor Swift episode, but it's not because Jonathan Majors was there. And I'm very excited to hear what Hibba, my friend, has to say. Hello, Hibba. Hi, Candace. So I will start by saying that I am not familiar with Mr. Majors' work. Of course, I am highly familiar with Miss Swifty's work. Um, but going into the episode, Hibba, did you have any expectations? Yeah, that's such a good question. So I actually feel like I enjoyed this episode because I had zero expectations um yeah I don't really know anything about Jonathan Majors besides that he was in a few Marvel movies I think um and even he himself in the monologue seemed to be surprised that they asked him to host um really loved that humbleness but he was like yeah I'm here so we're gonna make the best of it and I like I was also in that same um situation Um, so that's why I think I ended up liking it more than I thought because I came in being like, well, this could be a total train wreck, but then it wasn't. So yeah, I feel like it also goes the other way too, where like sometimes we are super hype for one of the hosts and then they end up disappointing us and it's just like an expectations game, right? Mm -hmm. I will say that I too, like Hibba, did not have many expectations, I kind of did end up falling on the other scale of the spectrum, but we can dive into that with some more proof and evidence. You know, as Hippa said, it was pretty obvious, I think, from the monologue that Jonathan Majors was like a little bit nervous and he was excited, but kind of awestruck by the grandeur of it all. I think his monologue, interestingly, I felt like it was a little disorganized just structurally, meaning I feel like some sentences could have been moved around to make more sense. Another thing, too... It was really weird to me that he did not mention Lovecraft Country or Last Black Man in San Francisco. Like, those are pieces of work that I know him from. But he was talking about forward work that, like, I frankly did not have any ties to. Mm. So it was hard for me to kind of pin him in, like, the cultural sphere a little bit. But outside of that, I think he had a lot of energy which is good. Yeah, I also thought that he had pretty good energy. Like, he was dancing. He came out, like, really hype. Um, I think that's a great place to start this show, especially because in the way that I grade the show, a lot of how well the host does is just, like, how game they are. Um, I agree with you. You could definitely tell he was nervous. He was, like, speaking a little faster than I think someone who is comfortable would have. Um, I really enjoyed his little joke where he was, like... Um, yeah, I went to school in New Haven, Connecticut, and, like, like, I'm from Connecticut, regrettably, so I know that nobody goes to New Haven except if you go to school at Yale. Mm-hmm. Um, It's very much like, since we went to school in Boston, it's very much like the people who are like, I went to school in Cambridge, and, like, what mm-hmm. they're really trying to do is tell you they went to Harvard. Mm-hmm. Um, So I thought that was pretty funny, and... Yeah, overall, like I mentioned, he seemed shocked that they picked him, and I was also, like... Like, why are you here? And I feel like he sort of did a good job addressing it. But also, I wish, like you said, that he had named those shows that he had been in because those are pretty big names. Um, And I didn't realize till afterwards that he had already done like a good amount of work. Um, So I feel like he could have done more to help people place him. Yeah. 
And I think Jonathan Majors deserved to be on the show for sure. I think there's always one person who gets booked per season. That's a little bit like, oh, okay. I'd argue that Kieran Culkin might have fallen into Mm. that bucket as well. But to get into it, Heba, you liked these sketches a lot more than me. So I just want to hear, like, what was your favorite sketch of the night? So I think my favorite one was probably the Forgotten Monarch sketch. There were a few things that I really loved about that one. Um, First of all, I will say that Jonathan Majors was in almost all of the sketches. So I feel like that's great because he was really um, like trying to be super involved. Like I think sometimes hosts come on and they are only in like a few sketches, but he was like all in Um, and his character was really funny and he was actually married to Ego and she had like a hilarious Mm. thing where like basically the premise is that... um, Chloe Feynman is like a queen and she is like looking for suitors basically so a bunch of different suitors come and talk to her um and Kyle Mooney plays like a very good uh, role for him which is like her best guy friend that she doesn't like like that so like I thought that was funny also because they took that like very what you might call like a modern concept and they put it back in time and like in my head I was like wow that probably was like still a thing like back Mm -hmm. then (laughs) Um, and then, yeah, Jonathan Majors and Ego were, like, super funny where she caught him, like, pretending to be this prince and he actually already had a wife and kids. Um, and then, again, with the, like, bringing, like, modern day things, I guess, or modern day twists into, um, like, the olden times, um, they had Punky play a lesbian suitor Mm -hmm. and, like, I mean, obviously, like, queer people have always existed, Um, But I don't think there are a lot of, like, queer medieval, like, mainstream storylines. Sure. Um, So I thought that was really uh, funny and, like, a a good thing to Mm -hmm. do, too. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Okay. And what was your next favorite sketch of the night? Okay. So I think you might also like this one. I know you didn't like a ton of the sketches. Um, I really loved the digital short, The Three Sad Virgins Mm -hmm. with Pete Davidson featuring Taylor Swift. Um, first of all, I love when the musical guest is in some of the sketches, like Bad Bunny did this and like a few other folks did this. Also, like you said, like Jonathan Majors definitely deserved to host, like he's great, nothing against him, but like Taylor Swift is so much more famous yep. than him mm-hmm. that like I think a lot of people really wanted her to be in something. So I think this was part fan service, but also just like part fun. Um, and also like I love Pete Davidson in all of the digital shorts, so happy to see him kind of like return to his home and comfort base. I think the thing that I really liked about this one was like, I think we are seeing a shift in image for Pete and how he like publicly thinks and talks about himself on SNL. So like for a long time, he was sort of like the underdog and like now after being on SNL for like, I don't know, like eight years or something like that, he has like dated several famous celebrities. The latest in this long line is Kim K, which I think we might get into Mm -hmm. later. Um, But basically like this sketch was him taking ownership and being like, yeah, like I'm that guy. Like I am the popular SNL guy who like people want to be my friend and like all my friends are famous. And like him kind of like taking that and juxtaposing it with like the new kids on the block. Um, and 
yeah, I don't think we've seen, I don't know if we've seen Pete kind of like step into that before, like the confidence of that before, because I feel like a lot of his earlier Weekend Update appearances, like a few years ago, were very like, I'm the new kid. Um, so it's like funny to see that transition on cast. And also like, I feel like he named it in a way that like, I wasn't mad about it. Like, I think some people might not come off um, as well. But like, if you're really out here dating Kim K, like, I don't know, like, maybe it's your time to, like, just be Mm -hmm. confident, right? Yeah. So I did like this sketch, um, partially because I do really like what Please Don't Destroy has put out on the show. Um, I also think the chorus is very good. The hook is very, very good from a musical standpoint. And so I'm happy about that. Like, in terms of Hibba would I download this on iTunes? I absolutely would download this on iTunes. Mm. Um, this sketch kind of proved to me that I think Pete Davidson should have left SNL last season because mm. I really cannot think of another cast member who would have the audacity to like go up to these guys or go up to Lauren and be like, hey, what if we made a music video about me and how I'm a bigger celebrity and so much cooler than all of you? And... To be fair, this has been done before. Like, there was this one sketch, this one pre-tape that Kyle did where he basically pretended to be Pete Davidson. He, like, dyed his hair blonde. He did drugs and, like, hung out with, like, Kid Cudi and all this stuff. But to me, I was just kind of like, this is an interesting awareness of celebrity that I think is true. Like, I do think this is the public perception of Pete. I just also think that this is not the same as like when Kyle and Leslie did their same pre-tapes it like for that that was cute but for this it's very like Pete Davidson it's about me Eh. but regardless I was happy pleasantly surprised to see Taylor her vocals were also Mm -hmm. very very good and very fitting to the song I think that's interesting that you thought that about Pete I wonder In my mind, I imagine that they pitched it to him and he was, like, game for it. It would be much worse and much more cocky if he pitched it. I mean, maybe for me what it is is that, like, I do think the the Please Don't Destroy guys pitched this to Pete. I just feel like this is something that they would pitch to, like, a a host. Yeah. Someone who was, like, a celebrity celebrity. And I think my main, my one problem is that Pete Davidson is now, like, kind of a big celebrity. Like, I'm not going to say he's A-list. I'm just going to say he is on the list. And therefore, I'm just like, man, this dude is, like, getting a little bit too big to be just a cast member. And so I'm not saying I want him to leave the house. I'm just saying, like, it is time to put on your shoes. Yeah. I feel like the... It's interesting because SNL exists in this place where if you're an SNL cast member, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're a household name. Like, I think most people that watch TV in the U.S. has probably heard of SNL and, like, maybe know some of the more famous cast members, especially the people that go on to, like, do other comedy and, like, other movies and things like that. But I feel like people's confusion and frustration maybe over Pete is, like, He's famous through no talent of his own, right? Like, mm-hmm. he, like he is talented. Obviously, he's on SNL, but like he's famous because he's dated like a bunch of like mega celebrities who are real A-listers, like Ariana Grande and like etc. So, I don't know. I feel like for the longest time, the thing that I enjoyed about this was that he was finally sort of like acknowledging it. Like, I feel like him trying to be like oh I'm like not that famous is just like not fair anymore 
and it's like not true anymore it's i think we talked about this a little bit last week with the ed sheeran episode where like people treat him like an underdog and like admire him like an underdog even though he's been rich and famous for 10 plus years and so like for me to continue to like Pete, like I needed him to kind of go through this transition. Mm-hmm. But there is a fine line between like self-aware and like too confident, right? So I can see both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what I can agree with you on is that Pete Davidson, I think, is more famous for being a celebrity than for being a performer. Yeah. And that's something that he can reckon with when he talks to HBO Max and creates a show. But for now, we'll keep going. Were there other sketches that you liked, Tibba? Yeah, I think we should also talk about the Man Park sketch. So because we've talked in the past episodes about like some of the other kind of like toxic masculinity themed sketches, um, first of all, I feel like that's like a theme in this season. Like they seem to be really investigating it. They have like a bunch of like male specific sketches which I don't know if I've noticed that before um but basically the idea was like men don't have a lot of close friendships um which I think unfortunately a lot of us know to be true um so it's like a dog park for men where they like go um and they like showed how men talk to each other there and a bunch of the conversations were just like them repeating like basic like phrases about like sports or like movies to each other um so I thought it was really funny because it I think struck like a chord of truth right and like I believe the best comedy is like grounded in honesty and truth um and also I'm just like really interested in like who is pitching all these sketches like this feels like a very on one hand introspective journey for SNL and on the other hand like this kind of stuff is like kind of obvious comedy right like everybody Um, sort of knows about like the dire state of male friendships so it feels timely and also too little too late at the same time yeah that's what Mm -hmm. I thought about it yeah no I think that makes sense what I did like about the sketch is that it was it was mainly just cast members and I feel like it probably was just fun for all of them to go on a road trip well I don't know if it's a road trip but they basically went to like this park by the water and just hung out for like an hour taping something which seems really fun. I would have wanted to be there. But shifting over, weekend update. I think I want to talk about Sarah Squirm slash Sarah Sherman a little bit. Did you have thoughts on that performance? Yeah. So um, first of all, for weekend update, I think Colin did the right thing where he opened it with a few Taylor Swift jokes because that was directly after her 10 minute performance of all too well um which we're gonna talk about later but i feel like that was like the only way you could transition from that um so for sarah i feel okay so i'll just say that i sort of expected her to be this kind of like quirky comedian because snl hires a lot of those i was really proud of her because she finally got her solo spotlight moment like a lot of the new cast members already had their solos earlier so like aristotle atari had his whole angelo sketch that he did with rami malik um and yeah i feel like some of even the the new cast members from last year are sort of like stepping into the spotlight more so i've been sort of like waiting to like hear from her and hear more about like her brand of comedy um i didn't love it i did enjoy her making fun of colin but i just felt like it was kind of 
obvious what she was going to do. Like, after, like you could tell she was asking leading questions. And then after they posted the first graphic, I was like, okay, this is the same joke. And then she did it like four more times. Um, so I was a little over it by the end. But I'm like happy that she made like a solo debut. And like, we can't judge her too harshly, right? Like this is her first season. And like, she's like an accomplished comedian, but is still finding her voice at SNL. Um, so yeah, I think mm-hmm. she did solid. I think Sarah's performance was my favorite part of Weekend Update. I think that like the headlines she was writing about Colin were actually quite funny. There was like this moment in the beginning where I wasn't sure if I'd be able to like latch on to her just because like the way she emotes and like performs is very loud. Yeah. But I was like, okay, let's not be sexist right now, Candace. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did. I actually think she landed the plane really well. And I'm happy that Michael also like gave her a little laugh to me. Yeah. If Michael laughs at Colin, that means it's a good joke overall. Yeah, that's true. I feel like she played really well into the weekend update dynamic where Michael and Colin make fun of each other. And I feel like that's people's favorite part of weekend update. Mm, exactly. So as hinted earlier, it's now time to talk about Taylor Swift. All too well. 10 minute version. Taylor Swift's version. I'd like to go first really quickly. So this is Taylor's fifth time performing on SNL. Therefore, we may count her as a five-timer. There's a lot of excitement going into this episode because, I mean, I genuinely didn't think they would let her do a 10-minute version, but they did. They gave her the full 10 minutes, so she did not do two traditional songs. She did one, although to be frank, this is actually probably more akin to doing three songs. Anyway, I love that she's saying this in Jake Gyllenhaal's New York. I am surprised. I have respect. I admire her willingness to like perform this song that not only was written like 11 years ago, but also I just feel like Taylor Swift is so much bigger than SNL now Mm -hmm. that when she comes on, it is a treat to us. She's like, okay, I'll stop by. And at this point, She does not need to write a single new word and she will be set for life. She is making choices and decisions for the hell of it. And I guess another reason why I like that she performed this is because this song was on Red and Red was the album that transitioned her from country to pop. So like half of the songs are country, half of the songs are pop. This one's like a little bit more country than I think she's comfortable performing now. But for an artist to, like, go back to a genre that they've kind of left behind is actually very interesting. And so I like that you could hear, like, a little bit of her Southern twang. I like that she was able to access that era where she, like, didn't use cuss words in her songs. And Mm. now she's saying, like, F the patriarchy, which is hilarious. Um, Projecting her short film in the background is so cute and kind of smart because I personally had like a hard time watching the short film not that it was bad but because it was heartbreaking and I was like oh my god she went through these actual things I'm so sad but how did this performance ring to you Hibba? Yeah I thought that you made a lot of really great insightful points and I agreed with all the adjectives that you named um I think like if nothing else like she was really bold right like first of all she went on SNL to perform about a breakup that happened like 10 years ago like again reaching back in time um accessing like this different era of music and this different style i really loved that she played the short film in the background because i had also seen it and 
it's obviously heartbreaking and devastating so it just added to the drama and it's like really good marketing right because she's like you are going to watch this like i'm gonna play it right now um she also looked like she could burst into tears at any moment but also that she was ready to fight someone and so like the level of emotion that she was able to access like she's a true artist i don't consider myself traditionally a swifty right but like every time i come into contact with her music i'm like wow this is like actually so amazing so like i have a lot of respect for taylor swift i feel like she can be a little bit like white feminism e at times i feel like also like it's hard because she grew up in the public eye right so you can see her going through transformations like in her political beliefs and her personal beliefs like as she's like developing her music um also i did watch her documentary that came out a few years ago and she like talks explicitly about like her political ideas and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um so yeah i i feel like she came on like you said sort of as fan service right like as a favor to like us and to snl and i think she really delivered and i think she delivered in a way that only she could um and so but i also think she did a good job of not taking up too much of the show like i think it was a smart idea for them to um allow her to like do the combined musical performance and take up the time she was in the digital short like we talked about but she wasn't really in any of the other sketches um so yeah she like was respectful too of like jonathan majors being the host um but yeah overall i like 10 out of 10 for her performance for sure same and i think it's very hard for me to like stay focused on something for 10 minutes long and i was enraptured the entire time i was so sad when it was over I yeah was just agreed. Like, oh my God. like i and i watched it again on youtube and i was still captivated which is good on taylor honestly good on taylor and i also just have to say that i have so much respect for taylor because she is now the age that jake gyllenhaal was when he broke her heart and that is a type of perspective and growth you cannot pay for. And I love that. I love that. So it is time for some closing statements. I'll turn to you, Hiba, first. What is your rating of this episode? So this week, I'm going to give the episode a 7.5 Forgotten Monarchs out of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, because I had pretty low expectations, like I just didn't really know what was going to happen. Um, I enjoyed maybe like half of the sketches a lot in the other half it's like okay um but I feel like what added to it was Jonathan Major's like grace like he was very willing to like um go up there and just kind of like embrace the role of the host like I think he did everything in his power to just like be present and excited and game um and also I think Taylor Swift really like upgraded the episode and brought it over that line so like overall I thoroughly enjoyed it and um, I was, like, happier than I expected to be at the end of watching the episode. And I feel like that's, like, best case scenario. It's, like, being pleasantly surprised. Um, so, yeah, that's why I give it a 7.5. What did you think? So, Hiba, I am going to give this episode a 3.5 out of 10 sad virgins. I know. Dang. I know. <laughs> so... You guys might have noticed that I didn't really have much to say about the sketches. And it's because before we started taping, I told Hibba I did not like any of them. Mm. And I kind of want to set my biases up just at the top. 
I've never, I haven't seen Lovecraft Country. I don't have a lot of recognition of Jonathan Majors' work, but also because I am a bit of a Swifty, I found myself spending most of the episode waiting for her and like anxiously just okay. sitting through these sketches and being like, Ugh, okay, like when's Taylor coming? So that might be one thing. I will say, I think there were pockets that were funny. Like I can admit Three Sad Virgins was a bop. I can admit Man Park was funny. I think my issue was that I did not think the episode was fun. And for me, like my litmus test of fun is like, would I want to be in the studio? Would I want to be in the sketch there with them? I gave myself a day and I like went back on YouTube on Sunday to like rewatch the sketches and I still didn't feel that energy for it. And I think one of my critiques is that I felt like a quarter of the writers were out of office this week because I just Mm. felt like the writing was so weak, especially with Weekend Update. Like outside of Sarah's segment, like for me, the jokes didn't feel right. But I think in terms of like Jonathan Majors, the host himself, he is not a celebrity. He is an actor, which is fine. I would say Rami Malek, similar thing. And I think for me, he was just a little stiff in terms of the energy I seek from a host. I think that he did stay a bit in that Yale, Shakespeare, dramaturgy, play lane. And I think I had the same issue with Kieran, which is that he is an actor, not a celebrity. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't learn anything new about Jonathan Majors from this episode. I didn't learn about his sense of humor. I didn't learn about his taste, whereas Rami... I totally keyed in on who he was and what makes him laugh because of like Angelo and Sleepy Town USA mattresses. Like I got it. And from this, I didn't. And I feel bad. Like I really feel like he totally deserved to be here. It just wasn't the host for me. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with any of your points. I think it's just like the other side of the same coin. Um, But I mean... Don't worry, guys. We're not going to, like, fight or anything. Like, we will be back. Or maybe we will. (laughs) Maybe we will. But, yeah. Other than that, I'll say this. Will I play Three Sad Virgins again and again on YouTube for the weekend? Absolutely. And until then, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Hibba, for being here with me. As always, it's been my pleasure. Yay. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.